Shabbat Shalom, everybody. Pastor Tim Karskatten here, Christian Center Shreveport. So glad you're with us today. I love this one, Supernatural Friday, telling supernatural stories of how God intervenes. And God gave a vision to a minister about almost being raptured with the Lord. And it gives an end time mandate for us. I want you to listen to this, enjoy it as we walk this out. Shabbat Shalom. Shabbat Shabbat Shalom. Shabbat Shalom. Welcome, everybody. So glad you're with us on Friday here, the 12th day of January 2024. You have a great testimony today. We'll get right to it. It's a little bit longer than normal. Just a supernatural encounter of coming before the Lord. Hello, friend. This is Dr. Francis Miles. I have a supernatural story to share with you. I have had many divine encounters in my life by the grace of God. But what I'm about to share with you is very personal to me and probably one of the most sacred supernatural encounters I've ever had with Jesus. Literally, this supernatural story saved me. It saved me as a human being. You see, I had the cancer that we are now dealing with in America and around the world today. There's a lot of fights, riots in the country over the issue of racism. And yet, even though I know the narrative right now in the USA, is focused on what white racism. The reality is racism is a fruit of the flesh. It's a fruit of the flesh. And racism ritually knows no color. The reality is even some of the black people are protesting white racism. I they, them, I, they themselves, black racist. Racism also lives in their own heart. How do I know this? This was my story. And that's why it's very emotional for me because I know what hatred can do in the heart of a human being. And I know we're not built to handle it. That's not the way God built our bodies. We, we, he's a God of love. But, in, but I used to live in South Africa. And some of you might know the story of South Africa. They are, the, the history of apartheid, the, the tension between black and white in South Africa was very palpable. And because of my own prejudicial upbringing, you know, I didn't, I, a producer of upbringing, I had my own conceived notions about white people. And the first time that I had any, I had one or two bad encounters with uh, uh, white people in South Africa. I mean, he, I mean, the devil just used that to affirm my own notions that, that, that were built from childhood. You know, that black and white can never really coexist. You know, and so I became very angry, very, I mean, literally... I bought into this narrative I see. It's very, it's very clear to me. When I see it in the nation, what's animating them, I already understand it because I've been through it. So I got very angry. And, um, you know, even though I would be preaching and having revival, this thing was growing as a cancer in my soul. So one day I had a, I had a, 
uh, as I, I had a, f- a friend of mine who called me. A funny thing, he's a white brother, just loved me. I liked him, was one of those white people, I would, I would give him exceptions, but you are different, you know? But I hated everybody else, but he was different. It's funny, how God can work in our lives. And so one day he calls me and said, Francis, there is this all-white pastors conference. I was invited as a speaker, but I really believe that they need to hear you too. So I, I am giving up my position so you can speak to them. And I and, 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 and said, would you like to go and speak? I said to myself, oh my God, this must be God. I'm just going to speak one of those fire and brimstone message. I'm going to tell these white pastors off. I mean, this was not going to be a good message. God knew my heart was rotten. My motivation for accepting uh, the invitation was rotten to the core. I just, you know, I was going to spew my, my own anger, my own prejudice in the name of Jesus as a message to these white pastors. And God saw right through it. But this God is so gracious though. And so he says to me, okay, we're going to be leaving on Thursday, uh, on Thursday, but the conference, but you're speaking on Friday. But God has told me to treat you to a nice experience on our way to, to the conference. We're going to stop at this uh, nice hotel that is in the middle of a game park in South Africa. He said, I want you to experience this hotel. He said, it's a beautiful five-star hotel in the middle of a game park. I said, wow, that's amazing. Well, let's get it done. And so we, we, we went to this hotel on our way to the conference. And we, we rented what is known as a chalet. And it's a nice thatched house outside the five-star hotel. Within the compounds of the hotel was a beautiful place that we are staying at. Well, in the evening around 6 p.m., I felt this anction, supernatural anction now, to go and pray. So I went in the bushes and I, uh, uh, to pray. There was a huge uh, rock and I stood on it. And I began to pray. I was praying in tongues, praying, spending time with God in prayer. You know, I think God has a sense of humor because really this is in the bushes. And so in Africa, past 7 midnight, past 7, past 7 p.m., it, takes, it gets really black. It just gets, the night just covers you. So here am I, a black man, praying on a, on a huge rock at night. Literally, I tell people, I disappeared except for my voice and my teeth. It was a funny thing. So I'm praying, I'm just caught up there praying when I finally became aware that I was being watched. So I looked down, because I was looked down and I, I saw this Caucasian couple that were standing away from the rock. Apparently this rock where I was standing was on their way to their chalet. They had just finished doing, having a dinner at the main hotel and they were trying to walk to their chalet. And lo and behold, there I was, I mean, on the rock and I'm praying loudly to say and so they start they had stopped so I thought okay I'm just gonna keep quiet and let them let them pass me by and then when they go I'm gonna continue to pray well one minute goes by and they are still standing there looking at me and it and I'm thinking to myself oh this is really awkward why are they not passing me by one why won't they just go and then the Holy Spirit speaks to me as clear as day and he says Francis they are not going to go anywhere. I said, the Lord, why? He said to me, Francis, because they are stuck right where they are by my power until you minister to the woman. I mean, the, I'm telling you the, the hatred, 
the, that I had for white people rose. I mean, I felt like literally in that moment, God was so gracious to me. I was behaving like Cain when Cain was arguing with God with such arrogance. I said to God, God, I'm not doing that. I told God that I'm not doing that. These white people are not going to listen to me. You know how they are. I'm telling God that I'm having this conversation. They're not going to listen to me. I'm not going to do anything. And God said to me, yes, you are. You know, and, and, he, and he totally ignored my, 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 my tantrum, my fleshly tantrum. God ignored it. And the next thing, he takes me into the spirit. And I'm saying the same couple coming out of a doctor's office and the woman is crying. And the spirit says to me, do you see do, what do you, do you see what I'm showing you? He said, the reason this couple is here, here is because he's here to comfort her because she just came out of the doctor's office where she was told she will never be a mother. And she's always wanted to be a mother and she has been told she can never have children. So he brought her here, Francis, to comfort her. But because you are a prophet, Francis, if you prophesy, and then the Lord shows me, she, the woman again, is holding a beautiful white baby. And God said to me, are you going to deny her the son I'm trying to give to her if you prophesy? So finally, I gave in with a lot of attitude. And I said to, her, I said to this couple, I said, listen, I know you don't know me, but I'm a prophet of God. And God is telling me you are here because you are taught by a doctor that you could never have children. God says, if I pray for you, you are going to have a baby boy. The woman began to cry began to cry. The husband re recovered first and he says, no, please, thank you. We don't, we don't want it. And he dragged his wife past me, finally. And so all this did was make the, my, the, the prejudice, the anger, all that that was wrapped up in me. I just began to talk to God. God, I told you, you know, the, she was not going to listen to me. You know these white people. My attitude really stunk. You know, I'm telling this to God. And so they walk away from me. They begin to go towards their, their, their chalet. And I thought this was it. And then all of a sudden, I hear this voice. Because I had already introduced myself earlier on. I told them my name was Francis. And then I hear the husband call me, Francis, Francis. And the Holy Spirit said to me, it's not over. Go to them. I, I, I came down, I went to them, and I found him holding his wife. They, I mean, they were so, they were out of place. Who, who, who wouldn't be finding a black prophet in the bush? You don't know. Prophesying things you've never heard before, exact, accurate things. That would scare anybody. And they were Catholics, so they were not even used to the prophetic. So they were completely out of place. And finally, you see, this man says, Francis, is it okay? Do you feel like praying for us? You know, and, I, and in that moment, before I could answer, that's when it happened. The baptism that would change my life forever. The baptism of love. In that one moment, I began to feel like a vial, a vial of thick liquid love was poured on top of my head. I tell you, as it hit my head, my entire mind came into a conceptual understanding of the height, the depth, and the breadth of the love of God. 
for humanity. I, in that moment, I understood how much God loves humanity. But that, that liquid love was not over. It, it kept coming down. By the time it got to my face, I was crying. I was sobbing. I began to sob. I mean, when it got to my heart, oh, the hatred, oh, the racism that was in my heart in that moment of the baptism of love, I recognized that I was guilty of the very thing I was accusing my white brothers and sisters of. I mean, God showed me this ball of hatred, anger, prejudice. And, and, and as the love of God touched, touched my heart, it washed away all of this debris. And by the time it was finished, my love, oh my God, I have never felt such love for two human beings. I loved my mother, but not, I never felt anything like that. I was in love with a white couple I'd never met before. Oh boy, was I in love with them. And I found myself screaming out of the top of my voice, yes, of course, I want to pray for you. And I began to pray and I felt the power of God come in the bush and begin to touch that couple. After the, the prayer, they said, Francis, thank you. And they walked away. I thought it was over. As soon as they walked away, I was raptured. I was raptured and I found myself standing at the foot of the cross at Golgotha. I mean, I traveled back into time. And as I stood at the foot of the cross, Yeshua was on the cross. I mean, beaten beyond human recognition. I mean, I could see the Roman soldiers. I could see the women crying. There was pandemonium, like you not believe. The spiritual climate was intense. And yet from the cross, the Lord looked at me and he smiled. And he says to me, Francis, how are you? I mean, I mean, it's, I mean, the how are you was deep. I knew what he was talking about. How is your soul? Is how are you touch my soul? And then he said this to me, he said, Francis, let your brothers and sisters go. Begin to love. He said to me, do you remember why when I was on the cross, I said to these people, Father, forgive them for they do not know what they are doing. He said to me, Francis, do you know why I did that? I said, Lord, I don't know. He said to me, Francis, because in the kingdom, whosoever has the higher revelation has the responsibility to unlock the miracle of forgiveness. Never forget that. The more, the more, the more you know me, and the more you know my father, you are always the responsible to release the miracle of forgiveness because of what you know. And instantly I found myself back in the bush. I knelt on the floor. I cried like a baby. And I'm telling you, the following morning when I stood before 300 white pastors, liquid love and a message born from love came out of it. Listen, today I believe you are listening to this story because God is wanting to give you your own baptism of love. You see, faith works by love. In that moment, I understood Galatians 5 verse 6. And faith works by love. I understood 1 Corinthians 13. If I have faith to move mountains, but I don't have love, I am nothing. Today, wherever you are, you know, and for most of us who are in America, the way to heal America is for all of us individually to go to God and say, God, give me my own baptism of love. Because what America needs more than any, more than a political policy is a nation filled with the love of Jesus. And that will heal our nation more than anything else. May God Fill your heart with the love of Jesus.
Shalom, shalom. Well, Shabbat Shalom. I hope that encouraged you today. Be blessed today as the Lord is with you and for you. Thank you for listening this week and each and every week here on our daily podcast. We bless you. We speak life over you. We say your greatest days are ahead of you. Go to our app, our website. We thank you for being a part of what we're doing today. In the name of Jesus, amen. Have a great weekend. Shabbat Shalom.